Christina Weiss on Parashat Kitavo, The Unexamined Life. This week's parasha is replete with harrowing curses that will befall us if we disobey God's will, and hopeful blessings we merit if we listen to God's word and strive to fulfill it. One blessing in particular stands out, not only for its unique content or imagery, but because it is a key to understanding the nature of blessing in general. The bracha states, Yitzav Adonai itcha et habracha ba'asamecha, uvechol mishlach yadecha, uveirachecha ba'aret asher Adonai lohecha notein lach. God will cause blessing to accompany you in your storehouses and in all of your undertakings, and he will bless you in the land that Hashem your God gives to you. Read without its rabbinic interpretation, this bracha simply promises financial success. You will be successful and your fields will be so productive that your storehouses will be bursting with grain. However, though the Torah often speaks about fields and orchards, granaries and threshing floors, this is the only time in the Torah where the term asam, storehouse, is used. Perhaps because it is so unusual, the term asam attracts the eye of Rabbi Yitzchak, who puns on this word, and he uses that pun to illustrate the nature of blessings in general. Ve'amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Ein habracha metuya, ela bedavar hasamoy min ha'ayin, shene'amar yitzav Adonai itcha et habracha ba'asamecha. Tana debe Rabbi Ishmael, Ein habracha metuya, ela bedavar she'ein ha'ayin sholetet bo. Shene'amar yitzav Adonai itcha et habracha ba'asamecha. Tenora banan, Hanichnas lamod et grono, Omer, Yihira tzoma fanacha Adonai Eloheinu, Shatishlach bracha b'maasei adinu. Hichil lamod, Omer, Baruch hasholeach bracha b'chri hazeh. Madad v'yachar kach b'reich, Harezo tfilat shav. Lefi she'ein habracha metuya, Lo bedavar hashakul, Velo bedavar hamabdud, Velo bedavar hamanoi, Ela bedavar hasamoi minayin. Rabbi Yitzchak said, Blessing is only found in something that is hidden, samoy, from the eye. As it says, God will cause blessing to accompany you in your storehouses, asamecha. The school of Rabbi Yishmael taught, blessing is only found in something that the eye does not have power over, i.e. something that is invisible. As it says, God will cause blessing to accompany you in your storehouses. Our rabbis taught, when entering into the threshing floor in order to measure the grain, he says, May it be your will, Hashem our God, that you send blessing to our undertaking. When he begins to measure, he says, Blessed is the one who sends blessing to the pile of grain. If he measured and then blessed, then this is a futile prayer. Since blessing is not found in what is weighed, measured, or counted, rather only in what is hidden from the eye. This passage from Ta'anit presents a clear consensus. Blessing increase in either quality or quantity, is only found in the places that we cannot see. What is less clear from these teachings is why. Why is it that blessing is restricted in where it can emerge? And why is it tied specifically to the places that are invisible? And how is this insight applicable to those of us who do not believe that God will supernaturally increase our yield if we turn our backs on our crops? The Marsha explains that the reason why blessing comes only in concealed places is that those areas, the places that the eye does not claim, are the areas of life that are protected from the evil eye, the eye in Hara. 
The eye in Hara is invited when something good is scrutinized, when attention is called to it. On Baba Matsya 107a, a teaching is quoted in the name of Rav that prohibits a person from gazing upon someone else's field when the crops are at their height and in full maturity. Rashi there explains that the reason why a person is forbidden from staring at the field of their friend is that doing so might invite loss or destruction through the evil eye. The gazing friend has no intention of causing any harm to his neighbor's property, but the nature of the evil eye is that it comes through attention. Merely by standing next to, even just admiring, someone else's harvest can cause that yield to be diminished. It is critical to understand that the ayanhara is not necessarily the product or cause of a curse, but is rather merely the quite natural state or result of being scrutinized. The friend doesn't stare at the crops in order to cast a spell upon them. He has no intention to damage his neighbor's field, but his attention to the crops in and of itself causes them to wither. The evil is in the noticing itself, which can invite jealousy and criticism. Once the field is watched, it loses some of its bounty, some of its value and its worth. A blessed crop is one that is protected from notice. It is not watched or evaluated. It remains good in and of itself. When Rabbi Yitzchak teaches that blessing is found only in the hidden places, his teaching is not formulated as a prescription. One who wants blessing should hide their property, but rather as a description. Blessing is the state of being protected, of being insulated from the evil eye. A blessed state is one where we accept what we have and enjoy it, without always counting it, without always evaluating how good it is or how much better it could be. The wealth or increase is not the bracha. The true bracha is the feeling of satisfaction, the freedom from the need to evaluate or praise, criticize or complain. This understanding that what it truly means to be blessed is to feel at ease, to feel protected and secure, is reflected in the priestly blessing, Birka Kohanim. The Midrash Halacha, Sifrei, notes that when the Kohanim say, Yivarechacha, may God bless you, they do not mention any specifics regarding the content of the blessing. The Midrash therefore explains that the Kohanim are actually referring to the blessing in this week's Parsha. And Rashi's explanation of the conclusion of this verse, V'yishmarecha, may God keep you, speaks directly to our understanding that true blessing is not about what we own, but in feeling secure in what we have. V'yishmarecha, shelo yavu alecha shodedim litom amoncha, shehanotein matana avdo, eno yachol l'shomro mikol adam, v'chevan shebaim listim alav, v'notlin otami menu, May God keep you, so that no robbers will come and take your money. For one who gives a gift to his servant can't protect that gift from being impacted by other people. And when bandits encounter the servant and take the gift from him, then what benefit does the servant actually have from this gift? But the Holy Blessed One is both the giver and the guard. According to Rashi, what makes a divine blessing uniquely valuable is that you can trust it. If God gives you something, you can rely on it to remain in your possession. If the gift is yours when you fall asleep, 
you can trust it to be yours when you wake up. More than the quantity of what you received, the true blessing lies in not having to constantly check on it. It doesn't require you to be guarding and monitoring and worrying about it. A true blessing stays with you. However, the true meaning of the blessing in what is concealed from the eye comes not from the realm of financial wealth, but in the realm of spiritual gains. As the Akira Yitzchak explains, the true blessing is that which is spoken regarding the success of the soul, which is something that is hidden from the eye. As it says, no eye has seen God but you. He will make things happen to the one who waits for him. And this is the blessing intended by the verse from Tehillim, God will give us grace and bless us. According to the Akedat Yitzchak, the reason why God's blessing only devolves on what is hidden from the eye is that God's blessing is in the realm of the intangible and invisible, in the areas of religious growth and the soul's success and flourishing. This brings us to the more fundamental lesson about blessing. Just as one should not be constantly counting their money and should instead be enjoying it, so too one should not be constantly measuring and quantifying one's spiritual gains. Measuring and quantifying invites scrutiny and dissatisfaction with your financial success, and it has the same effect on your spiritual wealth. Measuring makes you worried that you don't have enough, and measuring makes you notice when you have more than enough, which in turn makes you worried that what you have might soon be gone. This is a counterintuitive view of how to grow religiously, particularly in this month of Elul, when repentance is forefront in our minds, we are drawn to scrutinizing ourselves. We choose to take very granular inventory of where we are, what we have done wrong, and what we have achieved. Yet there is a danger in this form of stock-taking. When you are constantly examining your progress, and you see that it is incremental, or maybe you've even slid back a little, then you feel like you are constantly failing. We are constantly counting and weighing, and in the process we can cut ourselves off from a very different and more blessed type of tshuva process. Instead of examining each interaction, each mitzvah done or not done, try to experience and enjoy the opportunity that we have to repent, to feel that God is invested in our growth and wants us to be close to Him. Constant vigilance and evaluation of our spiritual state can deprive us of the bracha of the experience of true closeness to God. An attitude of blessing asks you to focus on the feelings and the relationship. It encourages you to have some moments in your life which you are not evaluating, which you are not thinking of in terms of more or less, better or worse. It asks you to stop questioning who you are for a moment and just bless God that you are who you are. Just for a moment, close the mental book where your good deeds and failings are inscribed. Set your image of God weighing your merits and demerits aside. Instead of saying, I want to be better, or even saying, I want to be closer, say, I am appreciative of this time of heightened spiritual awareness and the way that God is welcoming me back to Him with open arms. We live at a time when so much of what we do is quantified and measured. Pedometers count our every step, 
and we even have ways to quantify our social capital and the extent of our influence. We no longer look at the sun to see if it is the time to pray, but instead look at our watches and count down the minutes. This relationship to the world is well-informed, but it is not relaxing. It does not come from or produce feelings of security and love, but rather fosters a sense of constant insecurity and competition. It takes us out of relationships that are natural and sustaining and makes everything, good and bad, into a number and a measure, a potential source of stress. We are constantly asking how we are doing, instead of immersing ourselves in just doing what we are doing, living our lives with focus and with joy. We see this through the characterization of the Akedah Yitzchak, where he argues that true blessing simply is hidden from the eye. It isn't only that one should not be calculating the measure of one's spiritual success, but inherent to true spiritual growth is the fact that it can't be quantified. Observing our spiritual progress can strip it. It can make it into a shell of what it was and could be. Our relationship with God is just that, a relationship. It may be built through the performance of mitzvot, attending to God's world, praying to him and loving one another, but it does not consist of these behaviors. Strong bonds are based upon presence and closeness, trust and forgiveness, recognizing that my life is different because you are in it. Strong bonds are torn apart by scorekeeping and scrutiny. Love is supposed to make us feel comfortable and happy together. Nothing is more destabilizing to a loving relationship than constantly analyzing it and highlighting all of the areas where it is not measuring up. Our Parsha's focus on the hidden blessing should encourage us to take a step back, to appreciate the invisible, and to honor the unseen in all areas of our lives, to ignore the details so that we can live the experience. Wishing you a Shabbat of hidden blessings. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Divrei Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.